to the VoiceOver Roundtable. I'm Mike Tobin. And I'm Emma O'Neill. Every week, we get together to talk about all things VoiceOver with a special focus on community. Bringing you in-depth interviews, roundtable discussions, special performance events, and industry-leading guests. Let's get started. This is the VoiceOver Roundtable. Uh, It's been a little bit of a nerve-wracking week in case you didn't notice there were some changes to clubhouse and clubs disappeared and houses took over and features vanished into thin air and somehow here we are on the air um and our wonderful guest is with us uh but my first my i'll do the re-intro because again sporting brand colors over to my left the lovely co-host of the voiceover (laughs) roundtable miss emma (laughs) o'neill It has been a very, wow. very interesting uh, seven, 72, 48, 72 hours with this. Some of you today were in the test room with me where I was like, what in the love of everything is happening? And everyone was talking and I was losing my mind. I was like, what is, why is everyone here? What's, people ha- people of a certain age will remember the party lines. but I'm, yep. I'm, Giovanna, you were a freaking rock star. I really appreciate you for jumping into those test rooms today oh, to, wow. to calm me down. But we are now here. Everything is fine. It seems to be working. All of your beautiful faces are here. I'm seeing questions come into the chat room already. Post your questions if you do not want to come up on stage. But for now, I want to introduce someone. Our special guest tonight is an elite level voiceover talent manager, the author of the popular book, Voiceover Achiever, and the founder of Celia Siegel Management and the VO Chateau. CSM and their management roster, the VO Chateau, are widely recognized for developing strong personal brands like mine for voice talent and delivering exceptional management and casting services across the globe. As an experienced brand building pioneer, certified life and business coach, success strategist, and former talent agent turned manager, she has an advanced she has advanced the careers of top VO talent for over two decades. Her multi-leveled expertise and extensive knowledge of the ever-changing voiceover industry have helped thousands of voice actors successfully brand and grow their VO businesses. Please welcome to the VO Roundtable, Celia Siegel. There you go. Okay. We have found her. Arlene, hello, hello. Don't touch anything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Don't. Some things are worth the wait. Right? (laughs) I'm glad I warned you that this was going to be a bit of a shit show at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, we love a good shit show just to get us rolling and excited. (laughs) What what brand colors are shit shows, Celia? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I won't say the obvious ones. (laughs) Oh, then it might get gross. Let's let's not go down that path. Let's not go down that path. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Celia. Thanks so oh much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to hang out with you guys. Absolutely. Um, I um, know you both from business and um, yeah, thanks for inviting me. Well, we love you and that's why we want to have you here. And I'm sure our, our audience is going to love you if they don't already know you from your book or from seeing you at other platforms and the conferences and different things like that. But um one of the things we love to ask here because we get to hear kind of the answer in your own words so to, so to speak is that the whole origin story so yes. maybe if you can the quick Coles notes version of how'd you get your start in the business and, and how'd you get to this spot yeah well you know 
I um, thought I wanted to be a film director or a shrink. Um, I, I double <laughs> I double majored in uh, film and um, also in psychology. So I was either going to go to grad school and go that path, or I was really interested in like visual things and film. Um, and I took a job right out of college at a talent agency in Minneapolis, so I could meet uh, the uh, the casting community and the film community here, which was really thriving at the time. And day one, as a receptionist at the Wayman Agency, mm-hmm. um, a long time ago, I was just mesmerized by the voiceover agents in particular. Um, and I just became obsessed with becoming an agent, moving to L.A. and being an agent. Um, and I just found that I just felt really lucky um, that this, you know, talent representation piece was all of my favorite things wrapped up in one. So I had sort of an innate um, like of the business and this piece of it. And yeah, I've just been doubling down ever since. So I, you know, worked as an agent at three different agencies. Um, I moved to CESD in Los Angeles as soon as I could get there. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I was an agent in San Francisco for a stint. Um, so yeah, it was like this kind of natural like desire to help people be more awesome and love of the arts and love of business and entrepreneurship that I've just been happily at home doing this for in my bio, it says over 20 years, but it's way over 20 years. So yeah, here I am. Here you are indeed. That would have been a crazy coin toss. I think if you'd had to, Hmm, let's see. But it's really cool. Like knowing, (laughs) knowing you, the way that, I mean, like, obviously, you know, like I've been getting to know you over the last year, being on your roster and then being able to hang out with you in Atlanta. Um, and then, of course, with working my brand, which was an epic story for a different show because yes. for days. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, then knowing that you wanted to either be in the movies or a psychologist, I'm like that. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. absolutely makes sense. It's kind of those things. And it was a French minor. So that's why we got to be friends, Mike. I was like, oh, you speak French? Like, I remember uh. first meeting you and just being fascinated with uh, the luck of being able to actually speak French as a native um, and be bilingual. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift. I love it. And... It is pretty fantastic. I mean... Um, now, to get into the, the stuffs, mm. so I know you do a lot of different things. And as we mentioned, obviously, in your bio, that you're a talent agent turned talent manager. But maybe you could help our listeners understand the difference. Um, like, could you share what led to the decision for you to switch from agent to manager? Sure. You know, so when I first became a talent agent, um, I mean, things were so different. I literally had... 12 voiceover clients, everybody wanted to quote, be a voiceover talent. They were like, nope, nope, nope. Only the really smart ones get to be VO talent. I mean, it was so exclusive that I really did brand every single one of those people. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, taglines, the whole deep dive, how to present them. Um, So in my early agent days, I really was an agent and a manager you know, so being able to, you know, go to the studio and help pick copy and, 
you know, bug people about fixing their demos and um, being, you know, a, a career design coach. Like, what do you want? Let's go get it. You know, and then my, you know, subsequent, you know, 10 more years as an agent, you know, agencies just got bigger and rosters got bigger and bigger. And, you know, I still did really work to know people individually and help them design and manage their careers, but it got harder. Um, so, I mean, truthfully, me leaving being an agent, I loved being an agent so much. Um, it was when I had my first daughter. I um, was working at JE Talent, then the Mitchell Agency in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And my bosses were like, we'll build a baby. <laughs> uh, what do they call it? Where you put your baby? A nursery. Right. So I had my... I had my kid in the booth in my office that we used to, you know, bring the talent in to audition. We got a separate booth. I brought my daughter in and put her in the booth. And it took me about three weeks to realize that I was being just a crappy agent and a crappy mom. Like I was like, I just need to take a breather. Like I just need to take a second, you know, in this adjustment time. And so I stepped away to just kind of chill with my kid and um, my cat, my talent kept calling me (laughs) and they kept calling me and they kept calling me. Can you help me with this campaign? Can you help me, you know, brand this or market this or negotiate this or so I actually became a talent manager um, like before I even knew it hit me. It just naturally happened. Um, So. I decided to hang a shingle on my door and I started Celia Siegel Management in 2000. So, um, yeah, it just happened organically. And then I was like, wow, I'm just going to double down and work with my favorite people and my ideal clients with ideal buyers doing my favorite things. And I've been doing that ever since and and just kind of growing things from there. Um, So that was how I made the switch kind of accidentally. I love that. I do too. The organic thing seems to yeah. be a thing that's coming up a lot lately. And I think that reminds people that you're on your path. Be confident you're on your path, even though it might not mm-hmm. feel like it. You're on your path. Yeah. Oh man, I Absolutely. love it. And speaking of organic, when did you know that branding was the thing you wanted to focus on? Because you just said that you've, you were doing it all the time anyway. When was that moment of like, you know what, this is, I'm good at this. This is what I'm going to really focus on helping people to build. You know, I think ever since I was really little, like three, I branded everything. Like in my baby book, my mom talks about me branding everything, making it better, telling the story about why you need it. Like, it's just some weird, like internal DNA thing. Um, And then just at work, I automatically did it. And luckily, my first boss used to give me big budgets to hire the best photographers and writers. And so I got this really great training. So I I just did it automatically as kind of a value add when working for other people. And then when I went out on my own, um, I had my first office in San Francisco and I... um, really doubled down on it. Like I hired the best writers, the best photographers, the best web designers I could get my hands on. And I just started like, I would leave work every day. Like I love my job. And, um, 
and then would help people create their brands and then layer on top of that the management thing and using that as a vehicle to become the most successful talent they could become and feel most confident and happiest, which makes you audition better. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just always been there. So, um, so yeah, right away, right away, it was branding and management. Perfect. Mm. That makes total sense. Yeah. I have a, I have a fun question for you, Celia. Mm-hmm. If, if you had to choose, <laughs> talking about branding, <laughs> what's, what's, what's more fun for you like being the branding expert, um, building a new brand from scratch or I'm going to say fixing a brand that's not at at its best or like maybe I guess we could call that rebranding. You know, rebranding is actually harder than doing a brand from scratch. Of course I'm harder. <laughs> there is no easy I'm difficult. Totally, right? I'm difficult. <laughs> well, that's a great example, Emma. So I like I mean I like it all. Right. But the rebrand is its own special challenge because yeah. you're you have to take what worked before and kind of suss that out and keep it and then morph that into like the new thing. You know, both you know, the talent changes as they grow and, and um, follow their passions and become more and more successful. And the world is always changing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pulling, not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, yeah. you know, pulling what's working and looking at how the world has changed since last time they branded and um, then layering that, um, I would say is more exciting for me. Um, is that that challenge of the rebrand and making that work without destroying, you know, recognition and uh, and and your brand, you know, uh, ownership from from previously. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like so, you're, yeah. you're not you're not going to take a flat iron to totally curly natural hair. Is what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe once in a while. I mean, maybe that right, could be okay. the rebrand for, for a party or something. <laughs> like landing page gets a little splash of something. I mm-hmm. love it. Um, you know, the SEO. How are we telling your brand story? Yeah. You know, who who do you want to love you the most, and maybe we'll speak to them the loudest. Ooh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now we're going to talk about branding, and I'm going to use, use my French at the same time. Oh, that's So not everybody out there has worked with a branding manager uh, or designer or whatever. Uh, but what is a branding faux pas? In French, we say faux pas. It is literal translation from English. It is bad step. Faux pas, a bad step. <laughs> so what yeah. faux pas in branding do you see frequently made? by voice talent out mm. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's easy. Uh, um, okay. I mean, there's a lot of them, you know, and I've got like pet peeves, you know, but I would say the, as a talent, the worst thing you can do as far as getting your brand to work for you is having a brand that could belong to anybody. So I would say that's the biggest faux pas is people are like, I, this is trendy. I'm going to be this. And they like 
pick some tricky little saying that has nothing to do with who they are or their authenticity or mm. their brand DNA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. So if I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty, but that could belong to any man out there or any woman out there. Like, let's rein it in. Right. Um, so I think that's the biggest misstep is just making it pretty, but this is your opportunity to make it all about you. Mm. Okay. So you said pet peeves. Let's, let's hear a few more. I'm, I'm thinking there has to be things like being too generic or trying mm-hmm. to appeal to too many people. Totally. Mm-hmm. What else? Absolutely. So yeah, fear of pleasing everyone is another big one. So oh, yeah. People will be like, oh, I really love that, and I would love to go that direction, and that makes my heart sing, and I feel like the people I really want to work for will resonate with that, <gasps> but what if somebody doesn't hire me because they <laughs> see that I'm this? Right. And, you know, it's like that that mushy middle of, like, speaking to no one is not going to motivate anybody to care about you, mm-hmm. what you have to offer, your career, what you can do to solve my problem. Um, so that, that's a big one. And it's just a fear of, it's a human nature fear of not being liked, you know? We want to, we want to make people happy. I mean, it's not just, we don't want to make only Mm -hmm. some people happy. We want to make everybody happy, right? Yep. And then, yeah, that's not going to get you hired. Exactly. But you can't. And sometimes. Some people love you and some people walk away. Exactly. And the thing is, if you look at, especially personal brands or celebrity brands or, you know, brands belonging to human beings, mm-hmm. um, like the most popular ones, like somebody hates them and they're, they're getting people talking. It's um, true. And, um, but then you, you attract your tribe, you know, so it's okay if, you know, almost everybody's like, Ooh, not for me. But if you have diehard fans who want to work with you, it's a great basis um, to get some conversations happening about, making your voiceover business busier. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Another pet peeve of mine is um, out of date um, visuals and graphics, Mm -hmm. you know, especially, I mean, these days, really, we can all be web designers. We can all learn how to use Canva. We can all think of our design elements and like stay on track and be consistent, you know, so things that are all over the board or, like there's certain trends, you know, that happened 10 years ago or 20 ago that aren't retro cool yet. Um, <laughs> they'll come around eventually. They'll come around, just hang on. But even then, there's a little tweak or it's a little cleaner. Um, but yeah, when I see something that just doesn't look current, we work in a trendy, trendy industry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that makes my heart hurt when I see that, for sure. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. With this, I want to ask, um, Sarah Tittle actually post a, posted a question earlier in the chat that oh, yeah, helps that. with this. Um, she wants to know how often you should change your website or branding. Is it better to wait until you can afford a major overhaul, or can you adjust things as you go? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the cool thing about branding is, yes, you can throw a lot of money at it, like any, you know, I won't call it a problem, any situation, and you can get help and you can delegate. And, you know, I I love working with people who are ready to work with me, Mm -hmm. but you can do really great things like 
on a really affordable budget. You know, there's like cheats and ways around getting your story out, even if you don't have like a full on branding person working for you. Um, so I believe your brand should always be and your material should always be as good as possible. So no, don't wait. Um, I say DIY it or, you know, figure out a way um, to tweak things as you go along. Um, I think it should always be as good as it could be um, with the tools you have at any given time. Perfect. Yeah. I think that that can go for a, for a lot of stuff in our business. I mean, there's, like you said, Celia, there's stuff you can DIY up to a certain point and whether that's like branding or your SEO, because there's lots of resources to learn how to make little tweaks and stuff like that. Totally. But, but it does make a difference when you, ha when you're able to hire a pro. It makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And just for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. But yes, I mean, this community is, I think the nicest, most sharing, most giving community of people, yeah. like even people at the top, like, pretty much everybody I can think of that works in this business is willing to like reach down a hand and like give some advice or, you know, teach you how to do things on the DIY um, until you can afford to work with them. Um, there's like so much free content out there and yeah, just ask questions and um, you can, you can uh, get what you need for sure. It's very true. Very, very true. Um, bringing it back to, uh, talent management before we take questions and again i've just posted in the chat if you guys don't want to come up on stage please post your questions in the chat otherwise we will be opening the stage up to questions in just a few minutes but for you celia um in your experience at what point in one's voiceover career should one begin to consider a talent manager like is there an income threshold or representation levels when like does anyone need a manager and when would that be I think everybody needs a manager. I need a manager. That's true. Um, you know, I mean, it really depends, you know. I mean, a manager is just somebody who has your back and is there as that extra support team for you and your voiceover career, uh -huh. you know, and potentially for your whole life and everything about you. Um, so, I mean, it all relates, you know, so you're your, your wellness, your well-being, your confidence, like all of that, um, how much money you want to make, what projects you want to work on. So all managers are different, you know, yeah. so you ask, you know, five managers, you'll get five different answers. Yeah. Um, but the when to work with the manager, like I find like I, I love the management relationship with my clients and, and getting to know them on a deep level. You know, like, Emma, I know what you want. Yes, you, you know, and hopefully you always have the feeling that my team and I are always poised to help you get what you want. One hundred and five hundred million percent. Right. All so that's, the math together. Yeah, that's fun, you know, and, and getting what you want sometimes is pushing the pause button and having somebody in your inner circle tell you, yes, you you do want that. But in, don't go for it yet or you'll shoot yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. These seven strategic things need to happen before you ask for that next level of your career. You know, so having somebody to help you have patience um, is, is another role of, of a management team. So, so, yeah, it just depends. I find for myself, 
there's a certain personality type that really does well in taking on management and then doing better. So for me, it's not a certain money amount. It's not a certain representation amount. It's people who want to like skyrocket from where they're at now to where they dream to be mm-hmm. and that I can collaborate with, you know, and I have people at different levels. Like I have, you know, people that everybody in this room knows who they are, who I have managed since they had a day job, you know, and just waiting, like, when can I quit? Can I quit my day job? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Pack the U-Haul, go to LA and go <laughs> do everything you've dreamed of. Okay. Check. Um, so, so yeah, it's that um, forward motion um, and learning and um, collaborating as entrepreneurs together that that I find to be incredibly exciting. Um, so it depends. Um, um, you know, obviously, you need to have like a certain level of income, and um, um, you need to be at that point where you can talk a manager into wanting to brag about you and, and make connections for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's talent knowing in your heart that you're at that level that you could use a team to help you level up, um, I guess would be a good threshold there. So yeah, it depends. Oh, but this is, I love, cause sometimes you can just say it depends and it's really vague, but they were still really helpful, specific answers. So thank you for that. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm going to pull a question from, uh, from our chat sealer for you. Yeah. Uh, Ryan is asking. Spelt O'Neill the same way, Ryan O'Neill. We're probably related. From, from the famous O'Neills. Yeah. From the famous O'Neills. Um, how do VO managers work in relation to or with VO agents crossover areas of influence or distinct roles that collaborate for a client actor? Like what's the dynamic? What's the working dynamic between managers and um, agents? I think is what Ryan's asking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, again, I'm going to say it depends. So these are all relate. These are all relationships. Yeah. So, you know, best case. Oh. Oh, glitching. Where'd you go? Are you still there? It was very clear cut and you had your manager and you had your LA agent or your New York agent, but just over the year, you know, then everything blew up with pay to plays. Um, You guys all have, not all, but many of you have several regional agents. You are on rosters for all different kinds of genres. So you are all um, CEOs of your voiceover business where your agent used to be the CEO of your, of your voiceover business yeah. and you just picked up the phone and asked where to go. Hmm. Um, so it's gotten really gray, honestly. Um, so at my company, um, I like to help my talent get with the right. What is happening? Uh, Celia, you're cutting in and out. What is happening? Those relationships in and of themselves, um, the bigger the career gets, um, the more likely it is that your manager and your, you know, L.A. or New York agent are going to work in collaboration. Um, 
So, you know, I'll say... Celia, um, one second, one second. You're cutting yeah. in and out every once in a while, so just because we really were, like, drinking up what you're saying, <laughs> we missed and a so chunk we're missing a bits seconds. of it, oh, it's like, no, oh, no! I'm so sorry. We, my, it, my, it, my brother kept calling me over and over again. Stop oh, no, it. So sorry why. about that. Do not no. disturb. Right? <laughs> <laughs> cut out right when you were saying we help you try to get with the right... And I think you were okay. going to say the right agent or agency. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, as management, like I do a business plan with everybody and I'm like, how are you? How's your agent representation? Oh, you want to be with this San Francisco agent, this LA agent, and maybe pare down, you know, how many other agents you have in the country, you know, just to be really specific about it. Um, so I just let people go be successful with their agents. Like for instance, you know, I'm tight with um, Nate Tico at Stars. We used to work together as agents. And I love it when I can get people with them, but I'm not like, oh, send me money. Like, I'm just celebrating that somebody's going to go just kill it with this really great agent um, in a successful way. Um, from time to time, as the career gets bigger, um, I do work in collaboration with people's Los Angeles and New York representation. Um so that we're not fighting against each other, that we're always working together yeah. to make Emma more awesome, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, I, I'm a big believer in communication and, and setting really good boundaries there. Um, so um, on the big stuff, um, I do collaborate with um, people's agents on like promo stuff, union stuff. Um, so yeah, but everybody has different relationships with their agent and I'm just stepping back as, support team and i take the lead from my clients on that nice um, that. emma's going to grab a question from the chat before we do that i'm just going to do our little mid-show thingy thingy mm -hmm. um if you joined us part of the way through you will be happy to know that you avoided all the turbulence at the beginning of the show <laughs> things are now <laughs> flying smoothly at thirty-five thousand feet um <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is the voiceover roundtable here on Clubhouse every Tuesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. We talk about all things voiceover with a special focus on you, our beautiful community, bringing you roundtable discussions, special events, and industry-leading guests. Tonight, our special guest is talent manager, founder of CSM and the VO Chateau, and voiceover branding expert, Celia Siegel. And now we can continue with questions. <laughs> Fantastic. I have, there's, there's, tell, questions are coming in. I love it. Um, so from Norhan, I hope I'm saying that your name correctly, Norhan. Um, she says, if one has gone through the steps of personal branding, identifying their values and their career goals, but they're still stuck in the step of finding which values they will add to the VO table, that, which will best define them, how would you advise them? Yeah, it's hard because we all have a lot of values. Yeah. Um, and when those values exercises really help you is when you can narrow it down to three, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, which one am I more, you know? So really be tough with yourself. Maybe do some masterminding with like some VO business best friends or somebody who knows you really well. Um, and usually if you just keep asking yourself questions, you can figure out, you know, three or four um, that are your main ones. Um, another trick is think about who you want to serve with your voice. Um, 
and what values are they looking for? So sometimes it's that sweet spot of what you have that other people are looking for um, that helps you uh, pick which values to toss into your brand. Very cool. I like that. Um, I'm just going to ask another question. <laughs> You're unmanageable. It's true. Like you are unmanageable. <laughs> it's like wrangling kittens, people. I'm telling you the best of times. So uh, Ryan O'Neill has asked, Emma, can you share how having a manager has helped you in addition to your branding? Um, it, in, it, it's helped me in leaps and bounds. Um, Signing with Celia was one of the best things that I have done for my my voiceover career, really. And it's not because she's the, sh the guest on the show, I would say that any day of the week. Um, for me, it's kind of like having a momager that isn't going to ground me. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> so, wow. because uh, it's having someone who completely has your back having someone who knows you really, really well, because uh, like when the onboarding for with, well, I can only speak for CSM because I'm with CSM. So with the onboarding for CSM, it's so very in depth. Like there are forms and forms and forms and questions and questions and questions about who you are. What brands do you like? What are your favorite colors? What are your favorite foods? What do you not like? Who do you want to talk to? Who you, you don't want to talk to? What's your experience? What's your non-experience? What's your dream job? Like all of these things. And then on top of that, we have weekly meetings uh, like for, so that I can ask questions and that CSM can ask questions to get to know me even more. And then it's like seeing where I want to go and it's like, here's this opportunity. Okay, that didn't work out. Here's this opportunity. Okay, that didn't work out. But noticing for me, it's my wife always says um, it's fall down seven times, get up eight. I don't see it that way. I see it, it's almost like a cat playing with a mouse, like batting it over this way, batting it over that way. But it's all kind of like, no, no, this is where you're going. You've just turned yourself in the wrong direction. Keep going this way. Doesn't matter if you're turned around, just keep going. And having a manager helps you find your path, like really helps you find your direction. And, you know, it's in a very, very short period of time, lots of things have happened that I can't discuss yet, and I hate doing that stuff. But um, <laughs> but but stuff has happened that, and it it would not hands down it would not have happened at least at this pace and at this level without Celia's help. Mm. So, and without your immense talent, so it is a collaboration. And thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Just to 100%. reassure everyone, when you see the, the the initial, the acronym NDA, it just means no drinking allowed, okay? Like, <laughs> that's, that's all. It's not, it's not a bad thing. We joke, we joke. Um, I, I, um, you're going to do another question in a second, but I just wanted to, um, because I, 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 I am not unmanageable. I, I well, <laughs> you can see uh, well. I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but but I mean, Ryan was asking how how I've been helped. Now, I, I am not with a talent manager at this moment, um, but I did want to share how Celia's work and how Celia has helped me in finding branding clarity and in in being loyal to myself and and things like that. And it, it's a good opportunity. And like, if you've listen to this show at all, you know that we're not about like, we're not salesy. We're not plugging things and like, and you need to buy this and you need no, but 
sometimes there are things that just sort of, they stand on their own because they've been recognized as what they are. And Celia's book's one of those things. And so if you want to sort of get your, you start to wrap your head around branding when it comes to voiceover and your voiceover business, I'm going to say, this, Celia doesn't have to say it. I'm going to say, get Celia's book and start there. Cause that's one of the ways that's, I found help first. And of course I've consulted with Celia and different things like that, but to get clear on your stuff and then like, I think much like Emma and, Emma and I are very similar in this is like, we kind of get a little obsessive about certain things. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> when I make, I have no idea. I'm like, dear graphic designer, I want you to go to a different font. But why? This one looks great for your logo. I don't <laughs> like the way the tail looks on the queue. But there's no queue in your name. Well... If I have to use a cue at some point, I'm not going to like the <laughs> tail in the cue. He's a lunatic. Right? <laughs> right? Drive people, I drove them batty. You know, how oh, no. Are, I how, think how? a strong will to have the right font is a good foundation for a voiceover business. So I, I cheer you on, Mike. Thank you. And, and to that, and to everybody going, wow, this guy's really nuts. Know that there can be to, you know, and Celia, you can probably speak to this now. This would be a great thing is that there's the two extremes of the spectrum, right? When we're talking about branding and working with someone on branding, you may have um, someone like me who I've, you know, I went to school for marketing and different things like that. And I'm very conscious of those things. I, I, I'm enthusiastic and I like those things and I get excited about branding and colors and fonts. And that's my jam. I like that stuff. Some people are like, but to what? Uh, you want to sans what? And, and it's like <laughs> they completely, you know, freeze. So what's the approach for, for both extremes and everything in between? Yeah, I just think it's, you know, back to that relationship piece of, you know, so when I work with people, like, I mean, the same goes for business plans. I have everybody do a business plan. Yeah. Because, like, if you don't know what you want, you can't really do your brand. Um, and some people are like, oh, my God, what did you just give me? And they want to vomit. You know, and some people, like, give me a whole tome on all the things they're going to do in their lifetime. You know, and I think branding's the same way. Like, some people are like, can you just do it and call me when you're done? And I'm like, no, not really. But I can do the heavy lifting. And then some people just really want to collaborate and have great input and I can usually guess who's who before I start working with them, you know, who's going to be really in it and who's going to need a lot of handholding and guidance or maybe not even have an opinion, but just tell me what's good. Um, right. You know, so it's like human nature and it's personalities. Um, so yeah, you just meet people where they're at and um, lend yourself as little or as much as they need. I like that approach. That's, the custom, the custom approach. Mm -hmm. That's it. true. And I'm going to ask Sarah, Sarah Tyndall is always a font of questions. And I so appreciate you for this because it goes with what we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. At what point in a talent's career could they reach out to you? You know, I love meeting you guys. So I actually do a very... Um, oh, there's one soon, isn't there? Open. Um, yeah, I am. I do um, the brand mangle. Mm -hmm. I did it during the pandemic as a way to just bring community together because everyone was freaking out and lonely. 
Yeah. And now I just, now we're like, you know, less lonely. So I just do it four times a year now. And I have one coming up in a couple of weeks. It'll be on my Instagram on a Friday morning at 11 o'clock central, I believe. Um, so that's a fun way to come and hang out. And then honestly, like I'll, I do a free 15 minute consultation where I will very wholeheartedly critique your brand, answer your questions, get to know you. Um, I've met tons of people that way. And like five years later, they'll be like, you did a free 15 minute consultation and I'm ready five years later, you know? Yeah. So I, I never forget a meeting and, mm-hmm. um, like I'm always happy to, you know, just do a little micro targeted meet and greet. Um, you know, and I'll be honest with people about, you know, whether it's time, um, to work together, if we're a good fit, you know, it's usually very obvious. So, um, so yeah, it, it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to, to chat and figure out if I'm a good fit for people. Cool. Um, I just have to do a really quick shout out to Peg, who has just posted from listening to the, uh, advice that has been given out on multiple shows that she just didn't bother auditioning for a gig the other day because it had an in perpetuity clause. Can we all just give her <laughs> a round of applause yes. right now? Uh, yes, Peg. Just don't do it. Woo! Just say I no. love it. That is a good roundtable topic. Seriously. An education piece. Comes up a lot. Yeah, it comes up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Um, Ryan had another question. The questions are good, Ryan. They're, they're good. So we're going to ask them. Um, mm-hmm. In your experience, Celia, regarding branding, what do you think about clients, actors, uh, marketing themselves as bilingual, even though they're not native-born speakers? Um, possible strength or better to market yourself only in native-born dominant languages? Mm-hmm. Such a good question. Yeah. Mm. So we love languages here at Celia Siegel Management. We actually have um, the Global Chateau. We, and we, so... We. I just love, um, yeah, I, I love it when Mike says Chateau. Um, <laughs> and um, it's interesting. Um, I mean, that is a multi-layered question. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you need to be excellent at something. Um, and I, I would kick this question even out back to the room. But depending on what language it is, like I just talked to somebody today who is a very fluent French speaker, but 100% American, you know, and she books like kids books and, you know, telephone prompts and that kind of thing. Um, And doesn't feel weird doing it. I would say, you know, if you're a Spanish speaker, but not Latinx, um, you know, maybe it's not the best time to be marketing yourself for Spanish, you know, as we make room at the table for everybody. Um, So there's, you know, being perfect at it. And then it's staying in your own lane. Um, mm. yeah. So um, um, it depends. You know, I do think that can be a complicated question. So really, like, do a deep dive and make sure you're in the right place. Mm. Um, and then only market yourself if you're excellent and you're not unseating somebody else who maybe is in line for that job. And and I think there's, an, there's another layer to that one, Celia, if I may, that... Um, the, the whole thing, one of the biggest things and what's great about voiceover now, and I, I say now, and it's really been this way the last couple of years, is that voice buyers want authentic. Yes. And so if your authentic is 
maybe you come from another country and English was your second language, but you speak English well enough for people to understand you very well, but you have an accent because we all have accents, but you see where I'm going with this, right. is that if that's your authentic voice, there are voice buyers looking for that, mm-hmm. oh, right? Yeah. We are looking for an English-speaking person from Belgium or exactly. from Africa or from South America, and every day, every yeah. day, I see that in castings across open my desk. Open to all accents, open to all ethnicities. So it's, it's so exciting. Just be you. Just, just be, be you, which yeah. is your brand. So really, that's oh. all your brand is, is just being authentically you and just like showing up and showing yourself, which is not always easy. Just being a regular human, let alone you guys being human products and humans, <laughs> you know, but just <laughs> yeah. show, just show yourself and, and there's somebody looking for you. And then through branding and through SEO and through marketing, you can be known as that one trick pony um, for that thing and capture all of those jobs through your brand and through your SEO and through your website. Um, so it is a really exciting time um, to, yeah, just show up being you. Hmm. Which is very good. Again, it's, I love when questions over the course of the evening kind of psychically go in the direction, like it all just kind of flows. So Randy Dan says, uh, such fantastic information. Thank you. I've been fortunate in having many varied experiences in acting, theater, writing, and voiceover, different disciplines, branding wise, should a person choose one discipline, for example, animation, or promote, quote, your skills, all of them that you offer, which is kind of like a, a branch off what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I call that love the one you're with. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to do animation, um, you know, give a wink to that in your visuals. Like your visual brand is very important to like, send signals to your ideal buyer. Um, But that does not mean that your brand isn't about your commercial work and your e-learning work and your promo work and your trailer work and, you know, all the genres that you work in. Mm -hmm. But I do think leading with that big dream and, and having that be the most prominent style of your brand. And then you can send like sub branding marketing messages out to all the other genres. Um, um, so you want it all in there, but like lead with the big dream. I like it. And the, just to be specific, cause it's, um, to continue with that, because there are, you know, many actors play in different areas. Like they play with on screen, they play with theater and they play with voiceover. Um, they should have different uh, websites or domains or sections for each area. No. Bring them all together. Bring them all together. So especially because the, the, it's not even a trend, but buyers want actors. They want people who know how to act. Um, And so if you have a theatrical career, having that section on your website is just that wink and the nod to another skill set. You know, I say as long as it's voiceover adjacent, put it all in there together. And that could include your coaching, you know, if you're a coach or do, you know, a lot of actors out there 
do really specialized training as part of their thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, when put together properly, it just supports each different nuance of your career. You know, if you're also like a plumber on the side, you know, that's a separate <laughs> website probably. Right. You know, but then you could market your voice to all the plumbing outfits around the country. But, um, you know, but if it's, if they feed off of each other, I, I love helping people simplify their life by putting all of their, you know, acting creative careers in one spot. Um, because think about when you try to go find somebody yeah. um, and you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to this person's voiceover stuff. And then you um, find their on camera, but you can't listen to their demo and you just get frustrated and you leave, right. you know, so you don't want that to happen. Or just have somebody Google you and show up in the wrong place. So it's just a good way of managing. And you can have yeah. separate landing pages for the separate things that you do. And and stuff happens organically, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've had people find my website. And, like, some of my... I've, I've had some on-camera gigs now. And I don't advertise myself as being an on-camera actor. But they're like, oh, well, we found your voiceover website. And... We see your picture on it. Do you want to do some on camera? Ooh. Okay. Because he's pretty. <laughs> oh, stop it. He's pretty. You. Oh, stop it. <sighs> oh, my God. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I like that. The, the voiceover adjacent thing. So, not if you're a plumber. Otherwise, you down the drain voiceover. You know, I don't know. <laughs> hey. Right? I like it. <laughs> now, somebody's, somebody's like on GoDaddy right now. I love that. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the adjacent stuff, it totally makes sense, you know, to have a little page or a little nod or whatever. Um, yeah. Speaking of adjacent things, I was having this conversation with another voice actor. So in Canada, the union and the non-union are very, very distinct places to be. Um, and actra actors have a very different experience when it comes to, like, they don't do demos necessarily. They have reels. So they just have their, this is in Canada specifically. Um so it's only work that they've done versus work that they're capable of doing. Now, a friend of mine who is starting to recognize that possibly he's missing out on things, he's starting to explore, you know, these crazy non-union people and <laughs> what they do. And one of the things that he was saying that he was doing that I was like, mm, interesting, this would be an interesting question, was that because he is, he's lived in Canada for a really long time, so he has a neutral kind of North American accent, but he's British. So he can flip back and forth quite easily between British accent, like received pronunciation, Cockney, any of the stuff, and his Canadian or North American accent. And he was saying that he was going to put a British spot on his North American demo. Thoughts? Hmm. I like Because some people say separate them. I'm just curious because you're the one dealing with the buyers. Yeah, I love it together. And I do have maybe three or four people on the roster who are American and they're really good actors and they do really good English accents mm-hmm. and have booked a ton with just a little wink to that fact on their commercial demos. Okay. So I think if you're really strong at it, if you really do book in both, mm-hmm. it's okay to like throw a little, a little something else you can do for variety. Um, you know, and it depends on what the demo is for, too. You know, I, I think that, you know, now that we can just split apart our demos and tag things and 
I was just talking to somebody today who was like, okay, I need to up level because this agent she really wants who should have said yes, didn't. And she was like, do you think having a better demo? And I said, yeah, I think you can do a demo to like, wow, that sector, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but you're going to have a different demo for all the different lanes of your work, you know? So the thing that gets you work on pay to plays, isn't going to be the same thing that wins you, you know, like big market representation necessarily, or um, so it might depend on which demo also. Um, And you could have one with and one without and just kind of see like if you've never book on the the wrench that you throw in, like maybe be like, okay, people aren't resonating with that. And you could separate it out and tag them separately. Mm. That makes sense. I like the, I like the concept of, of just a little wink. Like I know that I, I consciously did that in some of my demos where let's choose a brand that has a French name, but that people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Right. So like about Bombardier, you know, somebody will hear me say Bombardier and I'll go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. True. I love how you have the same demo in English and French, yeah. but in the different languages. I think that's brilliant and really fun to listen to. I went. I went against so many people to do that. So many people said, "Don't do it." I said, "Nope, I'm doing it." <laughs> I, I love it. Do, do you find that it it behooves yeah, it, you to it have ends it up, that it way? Is, I feel best about it because. If I, I thought the decision was, if I'm going to market myself as truly bilingual, then it needs to be carbon copy. It needs mm-hmm. to be carbon copy. So yeah, yeah, fun. And, and it doesn't. And that's like my my ultimate commercial goal at the top of the list. The bucket list is always like book a national commercial English and French, and like to do both. Mm-hmm. Come come sort of close, like a few sort of things where, I mean, but not a really big one and so it's still up there at the top of the list but oh i like that goal it'll happen it's mike, gonna happen mike it'll. there is a question but i think it's it's pretty much the same but uh, i think steph you should Rochard. take it just because it's steph. Parce que c'est steph stephanie Rochard. when uh, so our our lovely friend stephanie uh stephanie Rochard asks um when you're bilingual how does celia feel about having on english commercial demo a spot where the featured product is french Ah, so that's kind of like what we were just talking about. So like Mm -hmm. Ferrero Rocher uh, and perfectly pronounced. Ah, that's the the good part of the question there. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, I love it. Um, Like even when you do speak French, it can be really difficult to flip from English into French for a brand name and then go back because it's like different placement in your mouth. And Mm -hmm. and, sorry, I'll let you what you were going to say, Celia. Oh, no, I was just, I was just agreeing. Mm-hmm. And she's, but I guess what Steph is asking is, should it be perfectly pronounced like oh, the French pronunciation? Got it. So should or it flip the, all the way over or should it, like, I know I've had some yeah, experience right. where depending on the market, um, they've said, like, for example, if you do uh, for, for the Canadian market or a European or international market, they know that Grand Marnier, that's the way you would say it in French. They know what that is. Uh-huh. But in America, it's Grand Marnier. So yeah. it's like. Yeah. Oh, no. Good question. Sorry. It's a I little lazier. I ta- so I think that's what I Steph is asking. I didn't take it deep enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's just awkward if you take it all the way when, 
Yeah, I guess you need to say it like the Americans say it, unless somehow you're showing that you're being tongue in cheek. You know, there will probably be a way to do that mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. fun way. Um, but yeah, I guess it is awkward and weird when people go the whole European way of saying things when it's not how you say them here. Like, I, um, there's a school down the street from me that's Carondelet. But they freaking call it Carondelet. Drives me crazy. Oh, no. It's like Sarah you know? saying, like when my mom says croissant the right way, it's so annoying. You mean she says croissant? Croissant. Croissant. And if we yeah. go all the way the other way, it is a crescent roll. A crescent. Yeah. A crescent. Crescent. Roll. Totally. Yeah. I'll do the Pillsbury Somebody dough boy poke lot. my tummy so I can giggle. Please. <laughs> wow. Sarah, your secret's um, safe with us. You're fine. Anna Marie. Yeah, oh, but I, I do love that question. I think it'd be kind of fun to just, you know, go all Parisian on it. But you'd have to be kind of like bitchy or do something funny with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're being normal, I guess you have to Americanize it. Yeah, yeah. It, it always goes down to, and to, to go back to what you were talking about with, with demos, it's always about what you want to accomplish, right? Who you want mm-hmm. to connect to. So you were talking, Celia, about, you know, if you're going out, that your, your talent that, that was going after a specific agent or who wanted to go after that agent that maybe they needed to level up their demo. It's like that. Your, your demo for year one versus your demo for year four and year 10 is going to be different because your yeah. goals are going to be different. Yeah. And I think the same thing might go for markets. So, like, I know, Emma, you were saying that you've got some, you know, different orders to your demos yeah. depending on who you're marketing to and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So you really have to kind of deep dive into those things to figure out what you're after and, and how you get it accomplished. Totally. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's just fun. This is new, this whole pulling apart the demos, you know, just thinking about like being in the industry as long as I have been, you know, like I remember when things were still in cassette tape and that hunting and pecking <laughs> and, a, a lot of our quote rules about oh demos can only be exactly one minute, not a second longer, or that's not cool. And it's like well that's not really true anymore, yeah. Because that's just true out of respect of people's time back when they were stuck in your demo for sixty seconds, and now they can go dink 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 dink. Oh yes, I want that person or dink nope. You know, so <laughs> I, I I think that <laughs> yes, folks, it does happen that yep. that fast. It does. Um, you know, so it's like I encourage everybody to think outside of the box because there are a lot of rules that are connected to old technologies and old ways of being. And I think as long as you know you you um are careful to like stay in your own lane and 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 be professional and and don't you know take somebody else's something that belongs to them um there's so many ways to do things differently right now mm-hmm. yeah. that are going to emerge you know they are emerging where you can be innovative you know with your branding and your marketing and do something a, a different way that that works like given the way the world is now so yeah we don't know what those are going to be yet but um but yeah just like being open about things i think it's a good time for that yeah emma i I was just remembering i think we we like driving our demo producers nuts too eh? we do yeah (laughs) yeah 
for air. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Unmanageable. But again, yeah, unmanageable. Yeah. Yeah, really, seriously, what is it you want now? But that, and it goes back to that continuum of n- n- not knowing at all what you want and trusting the professional completely to owning what you know you want and collaborating with the professional. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole continuum in between. And it goes the same for a graphic designer, for a brand manager, and for a demo totally. producer. You got to find your spot. It's like I've got um, the added fun of having a musician as a partner. So when she's listening to my demo, she's listening to the actual mix yeah. versus the performance uh-huh. and the levels. So, when that's, so then it's even like you get it from all sides when yeah. you're working with me. <laughs> it's the, worth it, I promise. The, my la- my last commercial it. demo with Eric, same thing. I'm like, I'm a former nightclub DJ, and so the DJ and me came out, and I was like, Eric, the the cut from number two into number three, there needs to be point two four seconds. Yeah, it, can you click it over like two clicks right yeah. after this word? And he's like, Huh? Really? <laughs> yeah. And it was, and it's just like it, anyone would listen to it, and it wouldn't bother them. But musicians listen, DJs listen, and they're like, uh, uh, it's going to drive me nuts each time. Yep. So, anyways. There's a comment from Anna Marie Yang. Hello, Anna Marie. She's the best virtual assistant ever. She says she's been asked to pronounce Mandarin brands as if she doesn't speak Mandarin. Dear Lord, because it doesn't flow as well with the rest of the English script. That's a tough one. I bet. Yeah. Uh, You got to take the direction. Brian, mm-hmm. it's happened to him as well. Yeah, yeah it's you got to take the direction. It's it's hard sometimes. It's play the card, play the cards you're dealt. You know. Yeah, because and that's the, I mean at the end of the, again like going back who's to kind of reels the and demos. Who's <laughs> what's the difference? Like what are you capable of? The the reel is about what you've done, which is about what the client wants. The demo is about what you can do and what you want and what's trending. Exactly. Yes, I love that. Right. So, and that real isn't necessarily your best work because it's what the client wants. Like saying Mandarin words with an English accent. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, uh, Celia, I wanted to ask you something about, about your book in specific, because yeah. uh, what, what year did you put it out? I'm trying to remember. I don't have it. 2018. 2018. Cool. Still pretty fresh. Has anything changed in, in, in your, your opinion or your experience? Is there anything that's, you know, five years is not that long, but sometimes it is. Yep. Is there anything that you would, you would change? Is there a revision in, in order? Right. Well, I'm glad you asked. Yes, oh. there is a revision in order. Oh. Um, this was not yeah. planned, folks. I promise you. I swear. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Yes, I was just finished my first draft. Just today, I was like, oh, I'm ready to like put the no next way. layer on it. And, um, you know, this is my methodology and it still stands true. Right. Um, and, and I really did write it in a way, like thinking of it as a gift to people to really be able to do it and be like, great. I have like a, a, a pared down brand that I can walk away with today. Um, so, you know, the, the methodology is the same. Yes. But we live in a trendy world and the whole freaking world has changed since 2018. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's some notable differences. Um, SEO is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's really like a 
just a part woven into the branding now is to really take that way more into account. Um, visual trends have changed a bit. And then here's the really crazy thing that's happened. Um, and um, yeah, if you go to Emma's website, you know, mm -hmm. it's a total like post pandemic. I want to see you. I want to make eye contact with you. Mm -hmm. So um, that used to be really iffy as part of the brand conversation. Do I use my photo where we'd be like, well, I want to be a, a, a secret and I want people's imaginations, but really the way that, that social media has grown, like the secret is out. Like everybody knows, like, look at us sitting here together. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you guys aren't just voices in this room. Like I'm, I'm looking at your faces and, you know, and, and I'm not just a voice. So, um, yeah, the branded photo shoot is really, um, my favorite new thing that has emerged so robustly in the last few years mm -hmm. of, you know, do your brand first and then how do you show the essence of that in a photo shoot? Um, you know, so if you go to my website, many of the brands in my brand gallery that are up on the top are going to be um, hopefully really appealing uh, avatars of the, of the actor, you know, in, in photographic sense. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's the big thing I would say that's changed is that so showing, your, showing yourself. Yeah. So, so does this mean, so is this, um, revised version of voiceover achiever or is this a new book that complements it and takes things even further for 2023? It is a revised voiceover achiever. So I, okay. I got something in the works that's totally different, but yeah, I just still so stand by just kind of the way this lays out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a trend update of this. Cool. Oh, I love that. I love it. Did, did, did can I say that you heard it here first? <laughs> yeah, you know this is you, nice. you heard it here first. Yeah, I wasn't talking about it yet because when I wrote this one, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to take a month and I'm just going to okay. block out like three hours a day and write this book." And of course, it took 14 months. You know, so now I'm like, I zip yeah. it up until I'm ready to send it to <laughs> the editor. <laughs> well, great. We we look forward to uh, to seeing that, and I know that everybody will be enthusiastic about getting their hands on that. Can, can are, do you have an idea when we can expect that? Or um, I'm not going to say. I do I'm have an idea. Well, ID. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I do. I do have um, an idea, uh, but I'm not going to say <laughs> because and, be and my designers my designers say this too. It's like always. Um, under promise and over deliver Absolutely. or it clips your creative wings. And you guys probably feel that about even getting through a big chunky narration or, you know, like if you can have a little bit of creative space around things, you just do better. Mm -hmm. It's really true. Very, very true. I just, we have, um, Guys, if you have more questions, put them in the chat or come up on stage and chat. Um, we have a couple more minutes. I have one question from Ryan um, about compensation. How do VO managers get compensated? Is it similar to agents? Mm, that's um, a good question. You know, it depends on the manager. Again, all different. At my company, um, you know, the branding piece is separate. You know, that's its own, like, consulting deep dive. Um, but for management, you know, and I've played away around with my pricing structure. Um, 
I charge a monthly retainer. It's, you know, and I try to be so freaking valuable. I, I reinvest that money and I work with an ad agency in Los Angeles who does my marketing. Um, I send my team to conferences to bring in more buyers. Um, so I have a small retainer. And then if I touch a job, I charge 15% of it. Yep. So um, I'm always working really hard to bring new, fresh opportunities um, to clients and hand it to them on a silver platter. And for that, I charge 15%. And then again, if I'm in collaboration um, and have that nailed down relationship um, in tandem with an agent, um, then there's a double commission structure there um, where they would commission both their talent agent and me, mm-hmm. you know, so we're working together um, on the big stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so yeah. Kind of, there, there's kind of that, that line between where there's branding and management work that don't directly involve a job. And then there's the other side where there's working with an agent or pulling in jobs or hands-on jobs and things like mm-hmm. that. So different. Yeah. That's good. Very, very cool. This has been hmm. awesome. I mean, minus the little, you know, at the beginning, but that's... Okay. It, we, trust we me, survived. it's a lot better than we thought it was going to be. I know, and you guys warned me, so I was—I didn't sweat we it at all. We were very nervous. We were very <laughs> nervous, but it—it it worked out very well. We hope you have it. I hope you had a good time, Celia. <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course, always fun hanging out with you guys, and um, good to see all the faces in the room and talk about my favorite things. So, um, with some awesome people. So, thank you so much for. Thanks for asking. I, oh, so, hang on, I've got I've got questions coming in because people are freaking out. That it's like, what, what, wait, what do you mean? It's closing? What? No, what? So no, there's questions. Um, four taglines, slogans. It seems pretty common to see voice actors using three keywords to describe themselves. For example, friendly, conversational, youthful. Do you think, or do you find that full taglines, slogans are better for the brand? Do keywords make it so that clients only hear those keywords? Ooh, I like that. that yeah, so that, you know, three-word thing, and I do talk about that in my book. It's a great cheat mm-hmm. for if you're not a writer, if you're not hiring a copywriter, to go through the process and get disparate things about yourself that you're kind of weaving into, wow, how unusual that they're this and that. Hmm, I'm curious about that person. You know, so how can you really you know, explain yourself in three adjectives is a great way to put together a feeling about yourself. Um, You know, we're writing to copywriters Mm -hmm. and ad people, you know, so if you can, you know, be funny and and be pithy and, um, you know, have a tagline that says more or sets more of a feeling, um, you know, I, I think that's preferable. Yeah. Um, but there's many ways to slice this. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to just tell your story. Um, but, yeah, I love – and then the shorter the tagline, the harder it is to write, you know, to really get meaning in there. Um, so, yes, both ways work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brian had a question. We kind of touched on this earlier. Brian's yeah. asking – uh, when do you think is the right? M- when do you think it's the right move to bring on a manager? So we we kind of talked yeah. about that earlier, but to yeah, just you know, just 
you know, if you meet a management team that is um, ready to brag about you and is really believes in you um, and you're ready to grow Mm -hmm. and you can find that right team, you know, and you're, you know, your, your talent is off the ground and you're working and um, it's the right time, you know? So it's, it's about finding that right marriage and getting with the right people. um, And you'll know when it's the right time. Um, So you're busy, you know, you belong here, you have a big business and maybe your own personal marketing or the agents that you have or the pay to plays you're on, you've maxed out and you want somebody to help strategize for that next thing you've got your eye on is a good time to, to sign up with somebody. I think that's really true. Cause for like speaking personally for me, it's like, you know, I was rocking along, doing my thing, all this stuff. And then it got to a point where I felt like I had gotten to the kind of top of what I was able to do by myself mm-hmm. without somebody who had connections that I would have to work extra hard and be in many different places at the same time to be able to develop. So for me, when I decided to then look at management, again, we've been talking about being the organic stuff all the time, um, but it was an organic move for me. It was like, okay, I feel like I'm ready. This is what I'm going to do. And I knew about you, Emma, just because you know, you're in the business and you're, you know, you've got a great career and, and some of the coaches that I know, know, like, and trust you. And, you know, you started to be aware of me, you know, so there's this like moment where like you both like trust each other at the same time. And and that's the right moment. Um, and, and I like that idea of like, just, you know, getting to that place where, you know, you need help. And I mean, even as an entrepreneur, you know, I hit, you know, growing pains in my business, you know, and, you know, we've grown a lot. I have an amazingly smart team that works for me and Uh I'm so proud of them. And they're, I just think they're brilliant. And we all, you know, work together to, you know, make stuff happen for our people. And, you know, that's so exciting. And, you know, sometimes I have to say, wow, I need a business coach because I need to learn how to do this piece as a boss and a manager of employees and, you know, so just like always looking for that place where you can level up and you need help. Um, I think is, is just a really good thing to keep in mind, you know, all of us as entrepreneurs, you know, so that could mean management. It could mean coaching. It could mean a better accountant. It could mean, you know, it's time to be a corporation, um, uh, all kinds of things. Hmm. That that reminds me of a saying we say a lot here. You don't know what you don't know, <laughs> right? Right. You don't know what you know. Sometimes someone like a manager pulling the curtain aside and going, look, this is waiting for you. Look, <laughs> right? And you're like, what? Really? What? <laughs> oh, this has been fun. We have one more question from Ryan that, that I think is a great, just because it's funny. Ryan. <laughs> he's, he's asking... Um, what makes you feel like it's a hell yes and not a hell no to work with someone? <laughs> oh, that's such a good question, Ryan. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's such a good question. Um, I have to think about that because it, it is a hell yes or a hell no. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, that's such a good question. Okay, for me, the hell yes is um, partner, you know, super smart, super talented, great at entrepreneurial things. Um, but it's that person who someone's calling her. Oh no! Oh, yeah, oh, no. we can do something someone's great. We, can you hear me? Out. Yeah, we you can hear you now. Yeah, someone called me. Sorry, who? Yeah, some, and somebody, <laughs> somebody called me. Yeah, so, so that, um, so yeah, the hell yes is that person who, like, we know we can help each other, and like, <laughs> that's my brother again. Hopefully, my mom's oh. okay. Um, Hopefully, but um, so that's the hell yes. It's like. I can make you more awesome. You can make my job fun and I can see a path. And are you going to listen to me? And am I going to collaborate with you? Like, it's just really obvious. And here's the hell no. And this happens where people are like, show me the money. Ah. And I'm like, ew. Like that happens a lot actually. And I'm like, wow, you know, there's probably somebody out there that will let you just go do your own thing and I can never talk to you or you don't listen to my advice or vice versa, you know? So people who don't want to do the work, but they want all of the rewards because <sighs> it's a collaboration, you know, with your, all your people, your agents, your managers, your, your, your coaches, you know, it's a, such a give and take of humanness. So, yeah, it's that piece where people just are like, where's, you know, just book me more Mm. without wanting to do anything. And that always surprises me. So that's a hell no. Yeah, we heard we heard that a couple of times where people it's like whether it's an agent or a manager and they're like, well, why should why should why should we work together? Like, well, I I just want the opportunities that you're going to be able to give me. Mm-hmm. Way, it's, <laughs> it's like it's not the way it works. It works. Not the way it works. Right. Um, totally. Man. Uh so that uh, you can not worry about the phone calls coming in anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check to see what your brother is calling yes. about. Yeah, see right. I'll 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 text you about my my ninety two year old mother who's healthy yes. as a horse. But yeah. Um oh, so yeah, sorry about that. I'll have No, to. that's okay. That's okay. Um, but yeah, this was so much fun and it's great questions. Thank you group. Um, super fun to, to field questions and talk about this stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. Wishing everybody happy, happy branding and expressing yourself and building your careers and, and all of it. Thank you. So I'm just so glad that we were able to coordinate this. As, as you guys know, I'm the the the, the guest getter, and <laughs> Celia's a busy lady. So it's like, <laughs> trying to figure out calendars and everything else. It's been we. I finally nailed her down. I was like, pick. You got two two dates to pick from. This date or this pick. Go. <laughs> and I was like, yes, thank you. It's in the book. So I've been really looking forward to it. And. Yeah, I'll We're talk so to both to of you guys soon about yes. things. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, everybody, thanks for coming. Thank you so much, Celia. All right. Emma, Good night. what do we have going on next week? 
Next week, we have Mr. Tom Pinto, the king of TV narration and affiliate and anything that requires a voice, really. Um. <laughs> I'm putting. I'm going to put you on a spot with a question here related to flooding your inbox. Oh. Uh, will there maybe be reads or no? He has said no because TV narration is much more in depth. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, there's That's too fine. much time. He's like, there'd only be time for like one or two people, and that wouldn't be fair to the room. So, <laughs> but lots of question time, and we'll we'll get your questions in. That's for sure. So Tom Pinto. Um, as always, I thank my wonderful guest wrangler, Miss Emma O'Neill. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, and uh, thank you all for, for being with us tonight. Thank you once again to our wonderful guest, Celia Siegel. And um, we will uh, hear you next week, Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m., 4.30 Pacific, here on Clubhouse for the VoiceOver Roundtable. Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great night. Awesome. Good night. Thanks, Celia. You can pop off. Thank you. Right, thanks for wrangling me. Thanks. Thanks for being wrangled, lady. All right. Ciao, ciao. Good night. Bye.